Put it this, put it I'll, like that. I'll do this because it'll be out of your way, but still we can hear. Okay, yeah, that's good. How's that? Yeah, that's always that's side out of the way, <laughs> but my mouth is still there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Buddha really needs this because he's had an old garland. Of, I like, do you do that with the, the Nero look? You know, the. You see the Buddha, Buddha, he's got two garlands. He's got one here and he's got one on top of his head. Who does that? I don't know. It looks really, somebody really likes, does that and it's good. <laughs> At least to me anyway. All right. Hare Krishna everybody. This is Tucson, Arizona, ISKCON. And it is Sunday, November 25th, 2018. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, The Status Quo, Chapter 14, Pregnancy of Ditti. In the evening, we're going to do three texts today. They all go together. 10, 10 11, and 12. We'll chant 10. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Bhagavatam, translation and commentary by Srila Prabhupada. Canto 3, chapter 14, text 10 through 12. Text 10 responsibly. Dityruvacham, Eshamam Tvatkrite Vidvan, 
O learned one, Cupid is taking his arrows and distressing me forcibly as a mad elephant troubles a banana tree. Please repeat. In that place, in that that place, place the beautiful Ditti expressed her desire. Expressed her desire. Oh, learned one. Oh, learned one. Cupid is taking his arrows. Cupid is taking his arrows. And distressing me forcibly. And distressing me forcibly. A man, as a mad elephant, troubles a banana tree. As a mad elephant troubles a banana tree. Now, Prabhupada is will be purporting the next this 10 11 12 and after each verse there's a short purport by prophet where he's giving us the real scoop on what Diti is saying purport beautiful Diti, seeing her husband absorbed in trance began to speak loudly not attempting to attract him by bodily expressions because he had his eyes closed so she had to do it by her voice she frankly said that her whole body was distressed by sex desire because of her husband's presence, just as a banana tree is troubled by a mad elephant. It was not natural for her to agitate, in other words, normal. That's not the way it's done. It was not natural for her to agitate her husband when he was in trance, but she could not control her strong sexual appetite. Her sex desire was like a mad elephant, and therefore it was the prime duty of her husband, this is according to Diti, to give her all protection by fulfilling her desire. So, um, let's see how she do this. Yeah, I'll just do one at a time. Oma jnana timarandasya jnana shalakaya chakshupamilitam jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. So the uh, the chapter is taking a turn here, starting with seven and eight, which Dear Prabhu did yesterday. The first six texts, it was all about. Uh, Vidura asking Maitreya, what, what, was, what, was, the, what was this all about? Uh, why did the Lord have this enmity toward this? Or some, you mentioned a demon, who Hiranyaksha, uh, who was also involved in this pastime of the earth falling into the Gargadak Sea. What was that all about? So Maitreya is continuing his uh, digging deep, digging back into why this is all happening. Basically, the birth of Hiranyakashipu, Hiranyaksha's older brother, who would be killed by the Lord. So, um, let's see what I have right here. Oh, yeah, this is, I didn't even know this, but Diti, let's see, it was Lord Brahma, and he, had, there was nobody else but him, so now he's, he's creating prajapadis to, to populate the universe. So he uh, had a daughter named Prasuti. Yeah, and she was married. No, that wasn't right. Anyway, there were two Prajapatis. So yes, Vayambhubhamada and Prasuti. And they had 16 daughters. So that's, that's a lot of children, and that's why they're Prajapatis. They can do that. They're very uh, prolific and their procreation. And so 13 of those daughters out of the 16 ended up marrying Kashyapa. So Kashyapa had 16 wives because he's a Prajapati. So he's empowered to continue the population. That's one of his duties and Diti's playing on that. So... um, so all those, all her sisters, her 12 sisters, there was 13 of them that married Kashyapa. They had all already had children by Kashyapa, but she was without a child. So uh, that's one background. So you see Diti, Diti Rubacha. So now Diti is appealing to her husband. And he's in trance. He's uh, a great devotee. And so he's meditating on the Lord. 
And so Diti, is, it's called pregnancy of Diti in the evening. So the evening is not a good time, at least the, the early evening, around twilight and early evening, because that's when what's happening, who's about, who's out boat the boat. <laughs> the Buddhas and the Pratas and the Pishachas and the Hobgoblins and the ghosts and the... Lord Shiva's group? Yeah, Lord Shiva's uh, team, uh, worshippers. So they're, they're out and about, so it's not a good time, because that's who you're going to attract, that's who you're going to get. You're going to get these kinds of folks coming in. But uh, it's, uh, you know, Diti's not, uh, she's, what does she say? She, she's overwhelmed, uh, distressing me forcibly as a mad elephant troubles a banana tree. So Diti appeals to her husband, Kashapa. Externalizing her sex desire uh, so as not to re take responsibility for its consequences. In other words, she's saying, I, 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 this is too much. I, I'm overwhelmed. It's, it's Cupid's fault. You know, he's, he's doing this. He's doing all this. And, I'm, and so you're a, you're a hero. You're a spiritual hero. So you, you have to, well, that's the next verse. You've got you to help me out here. So her, in her analogy of a mad elephant and a banana tree, she blames Cupid, Kamadev, for her uncontrollable lust. So when Arjuna asked, you know, why, why, why am I impelled? Of course, we know famous verses. I'm going to just look at that again, that exchange. Chapter 3, Karma Yoga, text 36-37. Arjuna said, O descendant of Vrishni, by what is one impelled? to sinful acts, even unwillingly, as if engaged by force. So he's also, also you know, uh, not quite there yet as far as recognizing Krishna's position and, and willing to do everything. So he's, he's voicing his doubt. He's getting all his doubts out, which is good. Uh, Prophet comments, a living entity is part and parcel of the Supreme, is originally spiritual, pure, and free from all material contaminations. Therefore, by nature, he is not subject to the sins of the material world, but when he is in contact with the material nature, he acts in many sinful ways without hesitation, and sometimes even against his will. Because once we come here, we more or less forfeit our free will. Well, we have a little free will. But we, uh, we've given in to the desire to control and enjoy separately from Krishna, so whether it's in goodness, passion, and ignorance, that's really what's going on here. So as such, Arjuna's question to Krishna is very sanguine. It's a very healthy question. It's a good question. After the perverted nature of the living entities. Although the living entity sometimes does not want to act in sin, he is still forced to act. Sinful actions are not, however, impelled by the supersoul within. It's not God's fault. It's not Krishna's fault that... Uh, but we're acting out our own material desires, but are due to another cause, as the Lord explains in the next verse, so famous verse. If you know it, you can channel it. Shri Bhagavan Vacha Kama Esha Krode Esha Rajoguna Samudbhava Mahashano Mahapapma Vidhyenam Mihavairinam the Supreme Personality of God said, it is lust only, it's your, it's your own selfish desire, Arjun, which is born of contact with the material mode of passion and later transformed into wrath because you can never, we can never fulfill our lusty desires and then we get frustrated and angry. So later transformed into wrath, anger, and which is the all-devouring sinful enemy of this world. Yeah. And Prabhupada gives a nice explanation. That's a little long, so we're going to just... But that's basically what's going on. But Diti is blaming it on Kamadev, not taking responsibility for her own lusty desires. And... Uh, we'll get to that later. Someone else here. Yeah, so Prabhupada is saying... Prabhupada is, uh, is taking her part. At the, the last sentence in the purport to 10, Prabhupada says... Her sex desire was like a mad elephant, and therefore it was the prime duty of her husband to give her all protection by 
fulfilling, fulfilling her desire. I mean, that's not the, the real protection, but that's what you. Here's a real solution. You know, let's have sex because this. I, I'm, you know, I, I can't help myself. Okay, so text eleven. Tadbhavan dakhimana yang sapatni nam samriddhi bhi prajavati nam bhadramte maya yuktam anubraham. Therefore, so based on this false premise, <coughs> it's not my fault, it's just come upon me, you gotta protect me by fulfilling my desires. <laughs> but that's how we think when our intelligence is distorted by us. Uh, therefore, you should be kind towards me by showing me complete mercy. This is not complete mercy, but this is our idea of complete mercy. I desire to have, now, it's at least Prabhupada's going to comment on this. I desire to have sons, because everybody, all my other sisters have them by you and I know. And I am much distressed by seeing the opulence of my co-wives. What is that called? Envy. Yeah. So the original envy is we envy Krishna as a supreme controller and enjoyer. So now she's act, it's acting out here. It's playing out as envy of her co-wives. And therefore, she's willing to even risk bringing on one of the, you know, the Buddhas and the Pishachas just because she's so lusty. By performing this act, now she's preaching to her sage husband, <laughs> by performing this act, you will become happy. Questions at the end or what's going on? Well, I have a question about the last sentence of the purport of the previous verse. Uh -huh. It can't wait. It could, but I thought it was doing it right there. All right, I'm doing a verse at a time, so go ahead. Um, <coughs> Therefore, it was the prime duty of her husband to give her all protection by fulfilling her desire. Now, would you say that Prabhupada is speaking in the voice and mind of Diti, or is he speaking as the commentator giving a principle? Well, that is going to be revealed more and more as we get into this, by the end of verse 12, I think, because what's going on in 10, 11, and 12? That was going to be my summation, but uh, to sum up, in these purports, Prabhupada has described auspicious and inauspicious uh, sex for the husband and wife. And soon he will describe, which is coming later in the chapter, how husbands and wives uh, are to work cooperatively for spiritual advancement. So there's kind of like different levels of what's good and what's bad, but ultimately Prabhupada comes, you know, brings it down to really what's right for us. <clears throat> but let's keep going there. It's a little, it's a little ambiguous or a little equivocal, but I, I believe by the end of text 12, it's clear uh, what's going on. Okay. Um, so again, 11's translation, Therefore you should be kind towards me by showing me complete mercy. I desire to have sons, and I am much distressed by seeing the opulence of my co-wives. By performing this act, you will become happy. Yeah, we're going to have fun, and, and it's going to be great. We'll have a child, and yeah, but are you sure you're going to have a good child? <laughs> Purport. All right, now Prabhupada starts laying it down. In Bhagavad Gita, sexual intercourse for begetting children is accepted as righteous. At least we find out in this verse that, that DT's, it's not just, uh, you know, that she wants to indulge in what I've been calling uh, the ultimate context for sex. At least she's connecting it to her desire to have kids. So it's not just ignorance. There's, there's some authentic passion here. <laughs> because she wants to do the, the jaga of being a mother. But uh, she's really not laying the groundwork in the right way. Or, you know, Desha Kala Tipatri Cha, in chapter 17 of the Gita, there's three things in consideration of sacrifices, time, place, circumstance. So she's letting her lusty desire overwhelm those fine considerations. A person sexually inclined for simple sense gratification, however, is unrighteous. So let's see if we go. Um, all right, I'm going to wait. In Diti's appeal, 
to her husband for sex. It was not exactly that she was... Now, this is the other side. This is, reminds us of chapter 1 in the Gita where Arjuna, all those symptoms, he's quivering and his mouth is drying up. In text 20, was it 26 or 7? It's considered a symptom of the fact that he's compassionate. That's why he's having these hesitations and these symptoms. But then the next verse, Prophet says, it's really due just to really to fear based on mundane considerations. So there's different ways to look at things. And Diti's appeal to her husband for sex, it was not exactly, it wasn't just that she was afflicted by sex desires, but she desired sons. Since she had, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to know how to do it. Since she had no sons, in fact, they're Prajapatis, so they're supposed to really big time populate. Since she had no son, she felt poorer than her co-wives. You know, what was that word? Dina, Dina, poor me. Dina, Dina, poor me. What's the, the nominative there? Uh, yeah, Dina, poor me. Uh, therefore, Kashepa was supposed, see, there's a little hint, was supposed to satisfy his bona fide wife. Supposed, so there is a hint that uh, he's, he's assuming Diti's mentality. That was her mentality. Suppose, this is what you're supposed to do, Kashyapa. Okay, so Prabhupada's kind of, uh, he's the narrator, you know, the purporter. So he's, he's going a little deeper than the verse. So this is what is supposed, that she said, yeah, this is, what, this is right. Okay, so what did I have for that? So Diti's intelligence, distorted by lusty desires, convinces her that she's a victim, appealing to her <laughs> husband to show her, quote, complete mercy by satisfying her desires to have sons like her co-wives. And as purport, Prabhupada connects her sex desire to her desire to have sons. At least Diti was connecting sex with children, unlike today's unwanted population, a product of lust only. Okay. Okay, let's go to text 12 to see where this section uh, concludes, in a sense, because they're little sections. Yeah, because after 13 starts with uh, Diti telling a story. <laughs> she's really, you know, she's, she's going to use the story approach after this. <coughs> right now, she's just confronting him. All right, so text 12. Bhartyarya tovmananam Lokan Abhishate Yachaha Patir Babad Vidho Yasham Prajaya Nanojayate. She said, A woman is honored in the world by the benediction of her husband, and a husband like you will become famous. Why should you really pulling out all the stops? You'll become famous by having children because you are meant for the expansion of living entities. So she's actually, see, that's, what, that's why Arjuna's arguments are so effective, I mean, are so seemingly good, because there's there's some truth in what he's saying. But he's not arguing, Arjuna in the first chapter of the Gita is not arguing from a God-centered platform. He's <laughs> arguing from his point of view. Similarly, Diti, there's a grain of truth in what she's saying, that they're Pujapadis, and, and Kashyapa is meant to unite with her, to produce children, and... But her calculations at this point are me-centered, you know, selfish, selfish-centered. So it's all uh, misguided at this point. Again, a woman is honored in the world by the benedictions of her husband, and husband like you will become famous by having children because you are meant for the expansion of living entities. It's your duty, Kashyapa, to have sex with me right now. Purport. Now, listen to this. Now, Prabhupada goes in completely the opposite direction from the famous verse in Rishabdev. According to Rishabdev, one should not become a father or mother unless one is confident that he can beget children whom he can deliver from the clutches of birth and death. So that's why you have Garbhana. And you, you uh, do it at an auspicious time, specifically in ISKCON, after you've chanted 50 rounds. So, okay, um, so it's not the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, right? You have your sadhana, 
And 50, I don't know about you, but 50 rounds for me is an all-day affair. <laughs> you finish up about twilight? <laughs> well, you, <laughs> there's another... Even if you do, you might consider having a meal to get some strength. <laughs> because... Uh, now, where... I, boy, now I'm on thin ice because I can't quote where to say it. But I, I've seen it. it it's... <clears throat> Anyway, it's in the night. It's not the evening. It's like after, uh, and it's not midnight. After that, it's you know inauspicious between midnight and two. Um, anyway, let me just I will get off the thin ice <laughs> and read here. But I've heard something like nine to midnight or ten. You know, when it's completely dusk is done, and, uh, it's a more good time. Purport, according to Rishabdev, one should not become a father or mother unless one is confident that he can beget children whom he can deliver from the clutches of birth and death. So, famous verse, if you know it, sing along to the speaker. Bhagavatam 5518. You ready? Guru Nasasya Pitana sasya, janani na sasya, daivam na tatsya, na patishtra sasya, na This is Lord Yashavdev laying down the law here. One who cannot deliver his dependents from the path of repeated birth and death should never become a spiritual master, guru na sasya, a father, Pitana Sasya, Saj, a father, a husband, a mother, or a worshipable demigod. This is Lord Shabde preaching to his 100 sons. Very prolific. And who was the chief of the Rishabdev sons? Bharat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's Lord Rishabdev. He's so it's it's and it starts with before you uh, you know you you get in the proper consciousness, the proper frame of mind, frame of mind. This is what you know fifty rounds is all about, and fifty attended rounds. It's not that you're chanting around and you're watching the Super Bowl or you know, and and the rounds are kind of like background music to first down. Go! <laughs> Touchdown! No, it's not like that. It's 50 attentive rounds. So, Ditti's... Okay, let's finish the purport. Prabhupada writes, Human life is the only opportunity to get out of the material scene, which is full of the miseries of birth, death, old age, and diseases. Every human being should be given the opportunity to take advantage of his human form of life. And a father like Kashyapa is supposed to beget good children for the purpose of liberation. So there you go. Not calling, you know, imports from the lower worlds or what to speak of big, uh, big time. This is the first demon in the universe. Of course, it is Leela. That's another level. But the Leela is meant to instruct us. So um, let's see here. So, Ditti's appeal to Kashyapa's duty clearly is clearly self-centered. Unlike uh, God-centered sex, Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita. So, here's another verse we know. It's the first. Uh, it's the first part of the of seven eleven. The whole verse isn't about righteous sex, but it's Krishna when he's talking about. Uh, Seeing him in his energies. Balang balavatam chaham kamaraga vivarjitam dharma viruddha bhuteshu kamosmi bharatarshabham. I am the strength of the strong, devoid of passion and desire. Now that we know that's that's not even it yet, because like a chatriya, he's not simply a thug. Or he's he's a means someone who protects from harm. So I am the strength of the strong, devoid of passion and desire. Or even like in, in martial arts, right? If you're a well-trained martial artist, you're not simply going around trying to kick kick, kick people's behinds because you know all these skills, but you're actually 
doing it in self-defense, or you might protect somebody else with your skills. You're not uh, exploiting. And then, and then, I am sex life, which is not contrary to religious principles, O Lord of the Bharatas, Arjun. Purport, the strong man's strength should be applied to protect the weak, not for personal aggression. Similarly, sex life, according to religious principles, dharma, should be for the propagation of children, not otherwise. The responsibility of parents is then to make their offspring Krishna conscious. So at least you got to follow the rules so you have a, a, a fighting chance <laughs> or a decent chance of calling a good soul in and then you can uh, start educating the child in proper ways. That's just the first samskar. There's a whole dashavidha. Gopala Goswami has written in Sanskara Deepika how to perform Garvadan Sanskara. Acha. Everything, all details. Wow. We have that translated? Yeah, we have it. Yeah? I mean in English? In English also. Hmm. I wonder who did that. Is it BBT? I do not know that. But it was from Gopalvata. That sounds pretty valuable. Yeah. Um, yeah, when Papa was with us, it was just very basic, you know, let's go, hey, how about going from animal life to human life, 50 rounds, that's, let's, let's do the simple thing, but it's not that Papa was against us learning more, in fact, he wanted us to learn more, but that's what he did in our time. Um, so prajapatis like Kashapa are meant for expanding good population per Bhagavatam 5.5.18, which we just heard, not inviting demons like Hiranyaksha or Hiranyakashipu, who will try to destroy a spiritual culture. So again, to sum up, in these purports, Prabhupada has described auspicious and inauspicious uh, sex for husband and wife. And soon we're going to see, as the chapter goes on, how Prabhupada will describe how husbands and wives are to work cooperatively for spiritual advancement. It's really all about helping each other go back to Godhead. So, um, I'll just read the verses again quickly, and if you have any questions or comments. So, in that place, Maitreya said, the beautiful Ditti expressed her desire. Oh, learned one, Cupid is taking his arrows and distressing me forcibly as a mad elephant troubles a banana tree. Therefore, you should be kind towards me by showing me complete mercy. I desire to have sons, and I am much distressed by seeing the opulence of my co-wives. By performing this act, you will become happy. A woman is honored in the world by the benediction of her husband, and a husband like you will become famous by having children, because you are meant for the expansion of living entities. And then she's going to go about what happened long ago and uh, what Daksha did and uh, the whole thing. Okay, yes. When Shiva Tantra was here, did he instruct his disciples to follow the temp- to do the temp- samskaras? Or, uh, Not that I remember. I don't think we even did name-giving ceremony. Uh, uh, I mean, he, he named the, the children in the beginning. Or, you know, six-month grain. Did the Prabhupada do that? Maybe he did it in India or something and for some families who knew had some remnant of Vedic culture. But I don't remember that in, in, te- in temples. Okay, Prabhu's, now we're going to observe, you know, like we do nowadays. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, because Prabhupada, he wanted to at least get the basics down, you know, and he, didn't, he couldn't even finish the Bhagavatam. So, yeah. Um, but he did want husbands, husbands and wives to, you know, shape up and, and not just use sex. Although, did I bring this up in a recent class? There was a, um, uh, uh, again, I can't speak authoritatively, but it was probably, there was a distinction that Prabhupada made between uh, sinful activity and, and illicit sex. Um, if I'm wording it right. Anyway, the idea is that if husband and wife have sex, uh, but 
you know, not for the propagation of children. They just get, they're so attracted to each other and they have sex. So Prabhupada, yeah, this was in a letter because Prabhupada was asked about that, naturally, because we were coming from, you know, free love generation, you know, so, so people were having a hard time following that regulated principle. So at least one person wrote this and then Prabhupada said, it's not, it's not, strictly speaking, it's not sinful, but when you do this, you're not making, you, it's blocking your spiritual advancement. So, um, so <laughs> interesting the way Prabhupada worded that, because on the one hand, he's, he's providing some relief to the people who were probably, you know, super guilty, but then he was making it clear, as long as you're doing this, then you're not, you're not making progress in Krishna consciousness. You're like on hold. So, so he's like, it's, 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 a, it's, it's an assurance and a wake-up call at the same time. Prabhupada, expert in management according to time, place, people, and, and gurus out of Shastra. Um, yeah. So, yes? In the Malecha culture, <coughs> which is more or less spread all over the world, um, you know, they, don't, they, they don't have really the idea of taking so much responsibility for what they've done. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have some child that's a bad child, he does all this bad stuff, um, and then he grows up and he does even worse stuff. Mm. And instead of taking the responsibility, that it's because of the living entity's desire that he behaves like that. They want to write it off, and as Flip Wilson said, "You can't all make me do it." Yeah, Flip <laughs> Wilson. Yeah, that's well. That's he's just uh, you know expressing what people are thinking in the material world. He's representing the Malachi culture. Yeah, this is how we think in the material world. But actually, even in uh, what to speak of, you know, transcendentalists, people who are trying for goodness. They, they want to take responsibility and they recognize that we have to, like Jesus said, you know, go and sin no more. So the, the legal system recognizes responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, ignorance is no excuse. But the legal system happens in the context uh, of the molecular culture. So there's always this, this uh, you know, when the, when the defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney are going at it and they're trying to uh, establish uh, the truth of the matter. The defense attorney will always argue on the side of, of, of nature. You know, it wasn't. He was. He was a good guy, but then he was overpowered by some momentary passion, and he killed this person. And and then, but the prosecuting attorney will say, "No, it's it was his choice. It's it's about uh, how he's." Uh, taking or not taking responsibility and, and nurturing what he was born with. So the fact is, is it's both. We have free will. And because we have free will, we have to take responsibility for whatever we do. Even if the deck, even if the deck we were dealt appears to be stacked, we, it was because of what we did before. Because there's no <laughs> recognition of karma and transmigration. Therefore, it's an eternal puzzle. People know there's no solution materially. Because um, Prabhupada talked about the samskaras, is it is it safe to say that he would not be against devotees? Um, yeah, he writes like that. He he talks about the Vedic times, and and he was and he always invited us to India to observe the remnants of that, and and there, and yeah, he uh, you'll see in uh, ninth Cano. Ram Lila, we just heard this when, uh, I think it was when uh, our musician friend, Naranthara, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he brought up uh, 9, 10, 50 or 51, or maybe it was Druid, I forget. They, they talk about, Prabhupada talks about bringing back Ram Raja, you know, and how this is, this is Varnashram. Yeah, Prabhupada, yeah, Prabhupada's whole push for the, the next phase is an indication that yeah, in human culture, it's it's meant to be observe these observing these rites of passages, and this is how you become civilized and ultimately graduate and go back to Godhead. Mm 
Prabhupada said a purificatory process, a civilized human being. Yeah. Go through all this. Right. We say rites of passage. That's how you. Rites of passage suggests that you're going, you're making progress. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not. A, but it has to be done appropriately, according to the time, the place, the people. You don't just presto superimpose these things on everybody because people. It, everything has to be gradual. He's, in his own life, it was done because he told me in his biography that. His life. Just always he was saying that he was choosing. Shastra, I mean, Did he do the the six month thing? He his wife, he himself was being done that way. I forget that. In the Lilamrita, that's the end, right? Okay. He would make uh, 108 temples. It was oh, the, yeah, the prediction of the astrology. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, any other questions or comments? I was just thinking more of a comment than anything. Um, how, you know, the Kali Yuga is so degraded. Like, for me to think that there would be... That's good. Can you say Kali, like California? <laughs> Kali. Kali. Yeah, Kali, but Kali, 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 but California Kali. is probably the epitome of Kali. <laughs> Kali and Kali are very... Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's kind of like what Dero was saying. Like, we don't really understand why like we're blaming so many different things for why we why you know the children or the future generations are the way that they are yeah. but we don't want to take responsibility for how we bring them in this world right. um and i think like is it realistic mm. that from is it realistic that this is even something that could even transpire in Kali Yuga. Yes, because this is the this is the golden age within Kali. Although it's just starting. Yeah. This is the uh, the ten thousand year period of it's four hundred thirty two thousand years when things are going to turn around. But because we're just on the ground floor of that, mm -hmm. or at the the juncture of that, mm -hmm. and we're dealing with the momentum of all the darkness, it's hard to envision it. That Prabhupada, he. <laughs> He would on the one at the same one at the same time he would acknowledge how this is the darkest darkness, but then he was always envisioning where this Hare Krishna movement's going to go and how history would mark it as having saved the world. So it's it's incredible how Prabhupada had that vision when he was just you know starting the whole thing with scraps of Kali Yuga, <laughs> like the first generation, right? Us. <clears throat> It's people born and raised, and on, on the very things we, we promised to not give up. You know? So, but he had full faith in Lord Chaitanya's mercy and and uh, and how this was predicted. So he undaunted. He just was rolled up his sleeves and started. Yes. And the um, I think I mentioned this before, but in the class, Kanteya uh, Prabhu gave why religious. Well, some, there's a, some academic that did a study why, why some religions fail, why some succeed. Mm. Who said, who was doing, saying this? Um, Kante Prabhu. Kante. He was giving, a, he was giving that presentation. Yeah. Um, but basically one of the key things was that the youth had to be socialized into the movement. Mm. And so that's why I was kind of deciding that we're trying mm -hmm. to clarify the samskaras. Because if we're able to, if we're able to help make our children successful, yeah. then that's like as a whole other category of Vaishnava. Because right. Brought up in the movement, right. they don't have yeah. samskaras. I'll tell you where I saw this very dramatically in a in very encouraging way. <laughs> At that mantra retreat in Nubandhava. Yeah. This was for males, eighteen to you know eighty or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, we even had somebody who was in his 80s, <laughs> older than me. So, uh, so we saw, I mean, most of the people, I'd say the median age was maybe around 30s, like your age, mm -hmm. your, you know, early 30s. And we saw people who, because they were the child of the first very dysfunctional generation of Prabhupada's followers, <laughs> our generation, you know, we... Our casualty rate was so high, you know, and they and they were they witnessed the whole thing, you know, the, the complete, utter and absolute discrepancy between what they were hearing, 
and what they were seeing their parents do, you know. So they became, a lot of them became very cynical and they just went away and, they, and even what they experienced in Gurukula, they associated Japa with punishment. I think I mentioned this, Gauravani said this, you know, who's now kind of a hero of the second generation as kindred spirits. But these these devotees, even though they witnessed that, just because they did grow up in some kind of devotee family, you could see that deep down they were they were they had some scars we didn't have. We we older guys who were born into, you know, Lecha families. So that was very eye opening to see. And even when Gauravani, I think I mentioned I told you this, gave his personal journey, he was just he said, I'm in a really reflective time of my life because I, I, nev I never had sadhana before. I just chanted Hare Krishna because we, when we were disciplined in Gurukula, that was a punishment. Okay, go chant, go, you got to chant so many rounds now, that's your punishment. So they associated it with punishment. Mm. <laughs> so even though Gauravani has amazing parents, but he just, that's what he went through in this dysfunctional Gurukula system. But now, he's since the early spring, he's been chanting Hare Krishna, you know, at Prasadana, Japa. And he's, like, experiencing a whole new level of Krishna consciousness that he never even knew existed. He just observed it, but he associated it with people who were just doing it out of habit or rote or hypocrisy or something, you know, because they're chanting Hare Krishna, but then they're doing this other stuff, you know. Who was with you on the retreat? Uh, I just went by myself. But I met a lot of other guys. That's what you said. He was, he was there? He was there. Was That's he there? Gauravani? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is, yeah, he was a leader. He was, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he was a leader. Uh, he was one of the organizers of the retreat because there were different, the retreat's supposed to reflect different populations, you know, older guys, younger guys, brand new people, whatever. Okay, it's getting late, so tonight we'll do a grateful heart, Ganga Mantri's topic, which I, I gave this, they did the seeds of on the Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, and I'll try to expand it. Tonight, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. Was Jai, was this, uh, this uh, African-American kid there, Jai Jagannath?